Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Looking for a gift for your loved one for Valentine's Day? Well, might I suggest something from Leon Tailoring? Maybe a nice jacket, nice coat, you know, a pair of pants, slacks, or perhaps maybe even a Leon Tailored gift certificate. That's right. That way they can go and get exactly what they want, and it'll fit just perfectly. So whether something ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made, you can get over to Leon Tailoring. What better way to show that you love your loved one than to get them something over at Leon Tailoring? So swing on by and tell them Abdul sent you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. So you folks filed an amicus brief uh, with the court. I'm assuming in favor of, of John Russ's position of a lot more uh, ballot access. Uh, what do you think of the arguments you heard today? Very interesting arguments. Um, I thought the justices uh, asked penetrating questions. I thought the uh, I thought um, the attorney for Mr. Russ did an excellent job. Uh, and hopefully the Supreme Court will recognize that the party's associational rights are not the only interest involved, that the other interests are equally important, and those are the interests of the candidate and the uh, voters who support that candidate's candidacy. Uh, one of the things that the, the, seemed the court was looking at uh, was sort of guardrails. Like, so what sort of guardrails you know, sort of should there, should there be? Should there be any you know, guardrails to get on the ballot, whether it's, you know, signatures, vote in the primary or... Well, of course, Mr. Rust has to uh, obtain, what is it, uh, 500 signatures from each of the nine congressional districts, which I understand he has done. That certainly goes a long way to demonstrating the depth and breadth of his, of his support. Uh, but there are other ways to, to that the legislature could have drawn the statute. Uh, one would be to, to establish some guide, uh, guide guardrails for the county chair, Rather than rather than just leave it completely open-ended and vague, which obviously um, means that it can, that the uh, rules can be abused by the county chair. Uh, what are your thoughts? Or just misinterpreted, so that they don't really know what guidelines they have to follow. Um, and I, and ultimately, I mean, the League of Women Voters is more concerned with voters' rights, the ability to have a choice, and not to be directed by parties. There is a conflict there. Voters need to be able to choose who they're going to vote for. That's why we have, why we have primaries. Yeah. You know, primaries were, are a relative, uh, relatively new innovation. It used to be the candidates would just be chosen by the party bosses. So the voters clearly have a, a, a say and should have a say in this process. And that brings another interesting point, because one thing I didn't hear necessarily in this argument, I want to get your thoughts, was the fact that these primaries are taxpayer Funded, yes. and because they're taxpayer funded, that changes the rules. As opposed to it was just a convention or exactly. or slating. Exactly, exactly, and that's the, the U.S. Supreme Court has made that clear in many cases over the years. As you may recall, back in the 1940s, Texas had a primary, but only allowed white voters to vote in it. And the Supreme Court said, "No, you can't do that." Imagine that, <laughs> 1940s in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Such a shock. Well, and even now, Nevada has made their restrictions on. Well, somewhat restricted. They said there has to be a primary, and the Republican Party did not like it, so they are holding their own caucus, and they told people not to even register for the primary. But that denies voters the opportunity to actually have a say in who the candidates are going to be. Um, how does something like this, this is seem more of an issue about candidates' rights and parties' rights, uh, how does this impact the voters uh, for them from, from a 30,000-foot point of view? I see the voters having less choice than they would if we had candidates who could each file in the primary and we used the primaries as they were intended to whittle down the candidates by choice because you have to vote in one party or the other. And in Indiana, 
we are not required to register as Republicans or Democrats. So you vote in the primary where there are going to be candidates you can vote for. Here, you almost have to vote in the Republican primary in order to have any choices at all. And that's a restriction of voters' rights. No, I think uh, it's important that voters be given a choice, as Linda says, and the Republican Party apparently wants to deprive voters of that choice in the U.S. Senate race. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.